right, guys. Welcome to ISO The Buns Podcast. This week, I sit down and talk with the owner of Sonic Boom. You know that sweet record store on Spadina? Well, he's a pretty interesting cat. Um, if you're as curious about the music business as I am, this one's for you. I've always dreamt of uh, owning my own record store or something. You know, you kind of picture high fidelity, and this guy's got a high fidelity-esque story, so... It's kind of like he's living the dream. Anyway, uh, yeah, aside from that, what's going on with you guys? This week, uh, long weekend, how was that? I didn't do much. My uh, significant other was out of town, so I was stuck minding our children. And by that, I mean our dog and cat. So I kind of stayed home, listened to records, watched the... Uh, NBA All-Star Game with some buddies, recorded some podcasts, and drank some beers. Yeah, not too much more. I'm, I feel like I'm kind of boring these days. You guys ever ever feel that way? I need a, maybe I need a spicy bun straight to, uh, to bring back some flavor here. Anyway, moving on. Time for this week in buns. Hey Buns, how's it going? Hi Buns. Welcome to this week in Buns. Uh, the week after Valentine's Day, although we were just strangely talking about how not that many post Valentine's Day updates. Yeah, come on guys, we want to know what stuff you got off of Buns for your loved ones for Valentine's Day. But there is another kind of update if you want to talk about it, Callie. Sure. Um, the last couple of weeks, um, we talked a lot about Tara, and all of her girlfriends decided that instead of celebrating Valentine's Day in a traditional way, that they wanted to make like care package donation bags to go to a bunch of women's shelters. So they originally had posted asking for donations, and it looks like Buns came through once again because she posted... Uh, the day before Valentine's Day, a photo uh, updating that, like, thanking everyone for the donations uh, at their local, for the women at their local shelter. Um, there are 40 gift bags filled with, filled with all kinds of lovely goodies, including handwritten cards. There's, like, ribbons on the top of them, and they were going to deliver the bags to everyone tomorrow. And she said, thank you, Buns. Your generosity has invigorated me in this, the shittiest of months. Uh, huge thanks and three cheers to the marvelous Marnie Wolf for organizing the whole thing. So this post has 1.1 thousand likes, um, as it should, because it's yeah. a really lovely thing that they did. Pretty fantastic. And uh, just to see it all laid out there, it's like, good for you guys. I know, so many. There's so many. And they're like big canvas shopping bags full of goodies for women in need. So that's uh, such a lovely, it's like the nicest Valentine's Day thing <laughs> to do, I think. Yeah, pretty great. Pretty great. So, um, months. <laughs> well, so speaking of helping, uh, I saw a post that uh, is kind of a call, was a call for help. I'm just trying to pull it up here. Uh, there we go. Dana is saying, uh, hi friends, I'm part of a refugee sponsorship team and we are expecting the arrival of our first Syrian refugee family shortly. 
We're looking for items that can be donated to the family to help them get settled. Furniture, kitchenware, electronics, small appliances, wine, clothes, uh, sorry, winter clothes and accessories. The family includes four children aged 5 to 14. If you have anything that you'd like to donate, please get in touch. Uh, there's been a lot of people, a lot of action on this thread, but I think that uh, anything will help. So, if you head over to the Buns Podcast Zone and click on uh, the link for Dana or Dana and uh, donate, that'd be fantastic. Oh man, I actually have so many women's. I don't know if they need women's clothing. I have like bins and bins and bins of stuff <laughs> to get. Yeah, rid of. You, sh- you should get in touch uh, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> I will definitely reach out for that. Um, you know what? I just realized that I did have one more Valentine's-related post that I oh, forgot okay. about, uh, which is pretty good, just to backtrack a little bit uh, from the healthy posts. Um, so Eric, oh, sorry, Erica posted uh, in the main zone. It's like a picture, a printed-out photo of, like, kids at a dance with, like, formal dresses on. <laughs> And it says, will you go to grad with me from Sawyer? And she was like, ISO Sawyer, so we can mend his broken heart and tell him he got the wrong house. Uh, help I, make his graduation dreams come true on Valentine's Day. I, I uh, saw that post. I couldn't remember if we talked about it. Uh, I couldn't remember if we talked about it last week or not. I don't know if there was ever... Uh, I don't think that there was... A resolution to this but it's like poor Sawyer like this poor guy is like trying to, do a, yeah, trying to do a cute like I'll like ask this girl to grad like a fun way and then he like put the thing on the wrong house <laughs> um right. I wonder if he's figured it out yet because I I don't think that any buns know no Sawyer although one person in the comments was like I'll message my the person that I know named Sawyer and ask if it was him but uh, other people were suggesting that they like um, post in other like neighborhood groups or even uh, like put up posters in their neighborhood. So if you guys know um, a kid who is going to grad this year, I would assume he is graduating, uh, mm-hmm. named Sawyer, let him know that Erica has uh, his invite to grad. So if he thinks that this, whoever it is, it doesn't say who it's for. It just says from Sawyer, so we don't even know who the intended recipient of this grad love note is. Um, <clears throat> but she, he might think that she's like ghosting him. <laughs> she doesn't want to go, but she doesn't want to like tell him that she doesn't want to go. <laughs> just, like uh, so, you know, if you guys know a, a kid named Sawyer, let him know that his note his note went awry and a bun has it. Okay, well. Let's see what else we have. This is another kind of lost person. Leslie is ISO Anders. Dear Anders, I have no idea who you are, but your resume has my phone number on it and not yours. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Uh, she goes on to say, as much as I love fielding your job search calls, I'm not in search of a new job, and it seems you are. If you know Anders, please pass him. please pass the message along to him. Also, Anders... Attention to detail should probably not be part of your resume. <laughs> Hashtag find Anders. Poor Anders. Dude needs a job and he's actually getting callbacks. But yeah. not getting his callbacks because he like typoed his phone number. That sucks. 
Mm-hmm. Um, all right. If anyone knows Anders, let him know that some people want to hire him and they can't. <clears throat> um, so I have a couple of other quick, uh, like, shout out thank you posts. Um, one was a person, uh, I think the name is Galet. Um, it might be Gallet. I'm not really sure how to pronounce this. My apologies if I'm butchering your name. Um, they posted in the trading zone to say that this morning they woke up and realized their wallet wasn't in the purse uh, that they'd used the day before and that they were missing everything but their debit card. Um, yep. And Saw they were one. like, I grabbed my passport and was just about to go to the bank to get a new credit card and thought I'd take a piece of mail with me just in case. And there was my mail in like my... in. In with her mail was her wallet in her mailbox with everything still in it. So she just wanted to say a huge thanks to whoever brought it back to her. And she was even like, I'd like to play, pay it forward. So if anyone is in need of a favor today, let me know. Um, I'm not sure if she did anyone a favor that day, but she did figure out and updated in the comments that a Nick Wellington is the one who got her her wallet back. Uh, so way to go, Nick. Good job. Uh, high five. That's good really on you, nice buddy. You. Yeah. Well, okay. So speaking of nice people, Maddie Forrest posts up last call buns. I missed poured an extra Guinness at the local and it's going to be wasted. Do you want it? I saw someone who appreciates a perfect pour and maybe a hug and a photo at the I local saw this pub. One. I was like, yeah, another like true buns trade. <laughs> we have another so, person pouring the wrong booze and giving it away was this the same bar that that it happened at last time i don't uh i don't remember because i have a terrible memory maybe (laughs) they're just oddly clever and hacking the system here a little maybe but anyway shout outs to the local for miss pouring and posting on buns keep 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 it up (laughs) my dog dog does not my dog does not like (laughs) miss pours what else you got for us? Um, so, um, speaking of hiring people for jobs, um, in Bun's Employment and Entrepreneurial Zone, one of the funniest things I've actually ever seen on Bun's, <clears throat> Frank posted, Are you tired of throwing parties and everyone having a good time? Have you ever just wanted all of those people out of your house? For a small fee, I can attend and ruin any party with completely uncalled for social commentary and harsh droppings of reality. I will never seem to remotely be enjoying myself and whoever I engage with slash engages with me will be making an excuse to leave in a matter of minutes. This is my guarantee to you. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. And the comments on this are like absolutely gold. There was somebody um, saying uh, that they would team up. So Boyne posted and was like, I could come with you with unwashed, uh, unwashed and smelling horrible. I will double dip everything, take glasses out of people's hands and drink from them. I'll eat onions and garlic, drink coffee and not brush my teeth ahead of time. I'll smoke inside and fart while doing it. I don't think I'd have to say anything. If you ever need someone to come with you, like, let me know. <laughs> wow. And then he responded and he was like, in that case, if you want to be the ringer when things are really dire and they want to clear the place out ASAP, I'll call you. <laughs> this is like the plot to a Kevin Hart movie or something. For real, like this actually would be an amazing premise to a, a comedy movie. Somebody write that screenplay and pitch it to Hollywood immediately because I would go see it. I like it. Like the Wedding Crashers, but for for house parties. Party Crashers? 
party crashers. But like on purpose, party crashers. Like get right, everyone right. out of your house, party crashers. So uh, I don't really know how to get into this one. We've got a Diva Cup post. Ooh, my week. favorite. But <laughs> Everybody's favorite buns item. This is a Diva Cup with a twist here. Oh. So the uh, Natalie posts that she has a Diva Cup demo for educational purposes only. Yeah, so I, I think it's like a, it has like an info card on it and it like explains how to put it in. I think it's supposed to be used to, you know, when you're like in high school or whatever and they put the condom on, on a banana. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. So that sort of thing. They're, I don't think it's actually supposed to be used, like not for internal use. Let me put it that way. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was... actual people in high school teaching humans how to use diva cups like a plus to you and i want to know where this is happening like what school this is happening in yeah i i have no idea when one would give a demo or what whatever the situation is but i'm i'm curious you know i'm i'm definitely curious but i figured it wouldn't be buns if we didn't mention diva cups once in a while so that's it that's like it's just it's not it's not used. It's just like it's a new diva cup that's not. So it's a set of two of them, but they're like attached to info cards. Oh, and okay. Um, okay. it says educational purposes only. I'm not a person who teaches others about the menses, but think this would be a wonderful and necessary tool for those who are. And all she's ISO is someone to spread the good word about diva cups. That's fascinating. I want to know who's doing these. <laughs> like yeah. info sessions um i'm kind of sad that i missed that post always love a good good uh, menstrual cup post there you <laughs> go the old buns. it's a classic um <clears throat> speaking of classic buns uh pare or i don't know there isn't an accent on this it might just be par it's p-a-r-e um posted uh simpsons related post uh, yep. So this guy paints uh, pictures and then like quotes from The Simpsons <clears throat> on framed glass, so that That's, when you look at it fantastic. from the other side, yeah, they're amazing. They look perfect. Um, I'm actually trying to talk with him to get one while I'm in Toronto oh, yeah? this week. Because uh, I'm which, like, which oh. one? Which one do you want? Um, well, I was talking to him about doing a. I, okay, what I actually want is. Um, like it, you know how you could do the like make myself into a character from the simpsons online i want him to do right. a painting of my boyfriend as a simpson holding his orange cat with the my cat's breath smells like cat food quote underneath so Is it's like ralph Wiggum, but looks like my boyfriend and his cat so i'm trying to finagle that yeah he loves the simpsons and i even showed him these and he was like those are really cool uh like I would hang those up in the house and I was like, what quote would you even want? Like, what is your favorite Simpsons line? And then I was like, oh, cat, my cat's breath smells like cat food is pretty classic. And he was like, he thought that was really funny. Nice. Um, you guys but I think cat? better than Ralph Wiggum would be him. Yeah, he has a cat who's this giant, it's like the biggest cat. And I don't mean fat, like he used to be fat. Uh, mm -hmm. But he lost a bunch of weight, so he's, he's slim now. But he's just a huge animal. Like, he's like two of a normal cat put together sized cat. He's like a dog sized cat. Uh, yeah. His name is Otto, and he's like 10 years old, and he's orange. Otto. So, is that yeah. also a Simpsons reference? 
Uh, no, <laughs> hilariously. I think his full name is Otto von Fuzzy Paws, Dr. Otto von Fuzzy Paws, uh, but we don't usually nice. call him the whole name. <laughs> but anyway, these census things are amazing, and I think he makes them like regularly. Uh, so you can ask him for a specific phrase or a specific character. Uh, he's ISO gift cards, PS4 games, plants, taxidermy, antlers, and tokens in exchange. Uh, so yeah, if you guys want one of these, message. Pretty sweet. Message They're really good. I'm definitely into it. I'm definitely into it. Anyway, I don't really have. That was my last one. Actually, I had that one pulled up as well. So. Oh, I stole your post. <laughs> you beat me to it. Did you not see? Speaking of classic buns, the R two D two. It's like a life size R two D two. I just no. sent you the link. So uh, Kylie Marie posted, um, it was apparently snatched up by a dad who said his six and eight-year-olds will lose their minds. And she was like, any buns interested in a large R2-D2? And there's a photo of it. It's like, it's, I mean, it's probably not as quite life-size, but it's big. Um, <clears throat> and she says, apparently it responds to voice commands and moves by itself. I won it in a contest, but never even put batteries in it. Name your trade. There's like what? 57 comments on this. You're apparently oh, devastated. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> oh, wow. I got I'm a buddy so who would like lose his mind over this for sure. It's oh, really wow. cool, especially if it actually like responds to voice commands and like will do stuff for you. But who wants to give that away? I mean, Come apparently on. she never even put batteries in it, so. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. Um, well, I have a ton more things. <laughs> Every right. single week I'm like, I don't have a lot of posts. And then I actually open all of my tabs and there's like 35 things. Um, <clears throat> so we actually talked a couple of weeks ago, um, again, about Pete Thorne, uh, Bun's pet photographer extraordinaire. Um, he's the guy who already has two published books out featuring buns animals uh the first one uh was a dog one the second one was a cat one it was like fat cats he is currently yeah. working on one of sassy cats which is what we talked about last cat last time um i think it's going to be called catitude and then mm -hmm. his new dog project is on dogs with disabilities uh and the oh, challenges that they and their owners face and how they overcome these difficulties um, he says, basically, I'm doing portraits of the dogs and then we'll be getting owners to provide me with an account of how the dog became disabled or if it like if it was born that way um, or adopted that way. Mm -hmm. um, and a sort of before and after story, along with anecdotes and stories of their pups as it relates to their impairment. Um, he said he's shooting this Sunday, which was probably this past weekend because uh, he posted this February 17th. Um, and he said then he's putting all the material together to pitch for his next book. Uh, he needed a few more pups for his pitch. So he says, if you or anyone you know fits the bill, please message me and I will trade you a print uh, of your dog's photo for participation. Um, he included mm -hmm. three photos of disabled dogs who are adorable. There's like a pug in a little wheelchair. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry I missed it now because oh, uh, uh, my neighbor down the street has a three-legged dog who is the fastest dog I've ever seen in my entire life. Really? And Cute. and works um, as a therapy dog. Ah, oh, that's so cute. So 
I mean, know. that's kind of perfect. I'm sure. So this is he was putting uh, putting together photos and some stories for a pitch. But if his book gets picked up, I'm sure he'll need more animals. So you could always contact him. <clears throat> um, we will be putting the links up in the Buns podcast zone. So just find his post and send him a quick message. Yeah, I should. Or I like get his uh, info, get his like actual email to give to your neighbor to contact them or something. Yeah, my neighbor would love that too because uh, very proud of his dog. His dog, his dog has its own uh, its own trading card. What? <laughs> the three-legged yeah. dog has its own trading card. Yeah, Pablo. That's anyway. Funny. Um. Anyway. Oh, you know what? I should have. Uh, <clears throat> I should have. We should have covered this after the Diva Cup post. Uh, speaking of, um. You know things that go inside people. Oh yeah. <laughs> or Ooh. Shouldn't, or shouldn't actually, uh, because those are uh, not for you, Diva Cups. Uh. A uh, person posted in Trading Zone, uh, Muhammad, posted, looking for one of those wooden handheld juicers. Um, but his caption said, anyone have one of these handheld citrus juicers that you can assure me hasn't been inserted in anyone? That's what? it. That's all, the, that's all the post says, which is why I thought it was hilarious. Because he doesn't save an ISO. I mean, that's his ISO, but he's not like, I will trade you this or that or... He's literally just like, do you have a citrus juicer? You can assure me that you, you can assure me hasn't been inserted in an A1. And I was people, like, is that a thing that people I do? don't know. Probably. This one is kind of shaped in a way that, I mean, you, probably you could. <laughs> I just Oof. thought it was pretty funny. Scary. And there's also like a lot of comments on this. Um, yeah, I just thought that was kind of a funny one. <clears throat> oh man, I um, uh, I will not be inserting any citrus juices in me. I don't think. I mean, as far I as that sounds, it. <laughs> it doesn't look like it would be that um, that comfortable. To be honest, you could probably get an actual a thing that was made for that purpose if you wanted to. And you know like what? We have those on buns all the time too. So just wait. Little <laughs> glass thing with a My Little Pony tail. Uh, yeah. At the back. Yeah, yeah. If you go back in time a few months. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. What moving else you got? On. Um, moving on, I have one that I thought was really lovely. Um, in the helping zone, Simone, uh, who I believe is a makeup artist, was offering free makeup lessons for trans and non-binary individuals. Um, <clears throat> so she or they, I'm not sure how this person identifies. Um, so this person posted to say, hi, if you're a trans uh, non-binary woman slash femme who wants to learn basic makeup application skills, I can teach you how to apply a full face and accentuate features of your face. Um, I'm a Mac trained artist with a bit of actual spare time and would wondering if this would be something that anyone would be interested in. Nice. Uh, additionally, if you wanna go shopping for makeup, I can be a guide to good products from Sephora, et cetera, et cetera and help you match your foundation to your skin. Not asking for anything in return, I just received a great amount of help from the LGBT and specifically T community when I was coming out and would like to give back. Um, also posted it with a disclaimer that like, this is obviously not saying that all trans folks who are femme want to wear or express themselves with makeup, but if those who do uh, need the resources to learn how, they wanted to kind of give back to the community, which 
I thought That's was great. really nice. And there were actually a lot of people um, saying that they were going to PM them uh, to get lessons. And <clears throat> honestly, usually, um, like, makeup lessons from a professional are, like, pretty expensive. So it's really nice. I thought it was really, really nice that just in the spirit of helping, they offered that. That is really nice. Yeah. Um... What else? Did you see the, do you, I'm sure you remember, uh, <clears throat> which funnily enough, I don't know if it was a, um, if you remember uh, video and arcade top 10. Uh, of course I do. Nostalgia posts. Nicholas uh, Nicholas. Yeah. So Emma posted uh, that her husband was on an episode of video and arcade top 10 and wants to find the episode. Uh, it was a Diddy Kong Racing episode. She was like, I checked that one YouTube channel with like 15 episodes, but no luck. Um, uh, surprisingly, there are not even that many comments on this, but surprisingly, uh, somebody was like, there was actually a couple people. One was like, I tried getting a copy of the episode I was on and emailed YTV and no luck. Uh I like tweeted Nicholas Piccolis. He gave me the name of the station that aired it, and they apparently don't have the rights to distribute the episodes. Like, if you g find out how to get them, let me know because I want them too. <clears throat> and then, hilariously, a guy who hosted it, uh, Raymond, posted was like, "Does he remember the year he was on it? I hosted from 2002 to 2003, and my what? mom, bless her, has an archive of every episode that I shot." what <laughs> yeah um unfortunately but how hilarious is it that somebody who hosted this just happened to see it <laughs> and would like commented on it i thought it, that was so funny um so she responded and she was like that would have been amazing and your mom rocks but alas it was either 1997 or 1998 that's some um, fun's magic right there though i know so, well so he even said uh that he would do some research uh, because he was like, I got a lump sum paycheck a few years ago because some random site was streaming classic episodes. So I'll see if that site is still in existence and let you know, like, if we can find it. Uh, so I don't know if they ever wow. found it. This doesn't have an update. Uh, but I thought, like, what are the chances? <laughs> That's insane. So funny. Um. Oh man, that makes me want to uh, rewatch that stuff. Fucking, yeah, uh, I honestly like, have not seen that show in. There's no good video game TV shows anymore. Yeah, they're all on YouTube. There's a lot That's of YouTube's true. for if you want to watch. Honestly, like I have a nephew who's seven, and all he does is watch people on YouTube play the video games that he plays himself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I've even tried to be like, why do you like watching these? Like, do you want to see how to get through the episode? Like. So you can play it later like i don't get it <laughs> he will literally just sit for like hours while he's playing with legos and just have video games playing in the i don't know anyway so it does exist i guess it's just not like syndicated tv anymore let's move beyond that um okay Ooh. so my last um one of the week mm -hmm. is mm -mm 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 -mm. Uh, the Photoshop battle <laughs> that was posted in Helping Zone. I did um, not see that. For the photo of our dear Prime Minister giving the stink eye to Trump's offer of a handshake. 
It's like a oh, pretty yeah. iconic photo now. So it's like Trump is offering his hand and Trudeau is looking at it like he does not he like he's looking at it like there's a bomb in his hand or like a pile of poop or something like he's just like mm, i don't know <laughs> i don't know if i want to do that yeah it's uh, a great photo so there was like a photoshop battle and someone was like jeffrey posted photoshop buns care to put something in the donald's hand that mary merits this somewhat dubious reaction from jt a pile of poop a squid a music box with a tiny dancer let me see what you've got um, and so, like, people did, somebody put in the poop emoji, obviously. Uh, somebody put in the headbanging trash dove, classic. Um, <laughs> somebody put in uh, <clears throat> a pokeball and put, like, a Pokemon hat on Trump. Uh, my favorite one was the trash dove. Oh, there's a really good one of, um, obviously, like, somebody had to Photoshop Drake sitting on, a tiny Drake sitting on his hand right uh so yeah there's like 111 comments on this <clears throat> if you guys feel like going and checking out the amazing photoshop skills of your fellow buns uh there's a ton of there's a bunch of really good ones in here there's like a beaver i think there might even be a tiny justin bieber at some point kind of uh Kittens. sad i missed this post yeah well we're gonna we'll post the links <laughs> i'm a big fan of of photoshop battles i mean you know this was uh like a week ago but you could always revive it if you have a good idea so let me just um really quickly throw in a plug here that's not going to be for this episode but i actually got to sit down and talk with the guys from nirvana the band the show Oh, cool. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know if, if you've checked that out yet or not. I have not seen it, but I have. I do know about it. I think a friend of mine is in it. <laughs> hit up, hit up Viceland and uh, and check it out. I've been singing their praises since I started watching the show, and I finally got to sit down and talk with them, and they're hilarious guys. But um, I just uh, because we're talking about buns and all things Toronto, uh, I really want this show to do well because it. I mean. It's very Toronto-centric, heavily mm -hmm. kind of focused on the city and all the things that make it great. So uh, I'm just trying to get the word out there early. But also keep listening, um, and you'll hear an interview with those guys. This week, however, uh, we'll be interviewing a um, another Toronto icon, the owner of Sonic Boom. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. If you guys uh, are into the whole record store scene, it's one of the... One of the Bums few that's left vinyl. in the city. So yeah, of course. <laughs> and they, and uh, Sonic Boom's been around forever. I mean, they've moved a couple times. They were on, mm -hmm. on Bloor, and then they uh, moved from that location across the street into Honest Ads, and then of course moved oh, out wow. of Honest Ads uh, onto uh, their sp current Spadina location, which is fantastic. But yeah, if you're ever curious about what it's like to uh, run a record shop, the guy's got a very high fidelity esque story. If you're a fan of that movie. Everyone loves that movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know anyone who doesn't. But anyway, uh, well, until next... Oh, wait, go. That, yeah. I was going to say, that is, a, that is a perfect segue into my own personal ISO for this week, which I meant to talk Ooh. about at the top of the show, because who knows who's listened this far. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but so this week, I am ISO an extra ticket to the Honest Ed's Bargain Bash on Saturday. Is it um, sold out? 
It is apparently sold out, and uh, my dear friend, Rich O'Coin, who doesn't live in Toronto, uh, or I would have, like, told him about it earlier, uh, posted that he was going to be in Toronto this week. I think he might even be recording stuff for his new album. Uh, And I was like, oh, hey, you should come to, like, the Honest Heads party if you're actually in town, because I'm in Canada and I haven't seen him in forever. Uh, Mm -hmm. So he apparently tried to get a ticket, but it was sold out. So, ISO, one ticket to Honest Ed's Bargain Bash. He already posted it on Buns uh, himself, but if you guys know anyone who has an extra ticket that they don't want it for whatever reason, um, I would happily uh, reimburse you for the ticket and trade you something uh, for the trouble of getting it from you. Um, Yes. Yeah. Help us out, Buns. Help us out. I'm actually going to the, the the art show beer tasting business. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah. So I'll probably see at that one. But yeah, if if uh, anyone has an extra ticket to the to the bash, help us out. Post in the podcast zone or email me podcast at buns dot com. Find Callie online. However yeah, you want to do Callie, it. I'm Callie B on all on Facebook. So or uh, Facebook dot com forward slash the slyest fox. You can PM me if you have an extra ticket. Let me know. Well. That leads me into my ISO for the week, oh, which cool. is some sweet, sweet sleep. Aww. So, uh, <laughs> until next time, buns. Keep on buns in. We'll see you next week. Too much shit in your apartment? Get rid of it today on the Buns app. Available in the App Store, Google Play Store, or online at buns.com. So sonic boom pretty uh iconic place for me anyway i mean i remember going to the location on bloor and seeing shows in the basement and then they moved to into honest eds basically and then they set up shop beautiful shop on on spadina there and it is probably one of toronto's largest record stores if not the largest i mean i don't want to shut anyone out here but yeah great place great great dude interesting story check it out and i'm guessing it depends are we hugging just as friends when we say goodbye i guess we probably should kiss Okay, so I'm here with Jeff or Jeffrey. Jeff is great. Jeff, thanks. The uh, owner of the iconic record store Sonic Boom. Now, were you the owner back when it was in its previous locations? That's right. Yeah, I've been the owner the whole time, going back to 2001 when we first opened in Toronto. So I remember I used to come to the location before it was in Honest Ed's. And mm-hmm. see shows in the basement. That's right. Yeah. And that was, uh, I mean, I, that kind of stuck with me. At that point, I mean, and at the age that I was, it was kind of solidified for me, like Sonic Boom is is the spot. Nice. You know? And uh, was it 
mainly used record stores when you uh, records when you opened or was no it, it was uh, new and used LPs CDs DVDs the whole time uh, and then we brought in books uh, around 2006 or so and done quite well with books as well nice. and I see um, you got some comics up there some really good oh ones yeah too. yeah lots of comics and graphic novels and those do really well for us yeah. there's less and less of physical bookstores and comic book stores around and people still like that you know right. it, it's uh it's a good gift and fun to look look through so oh, it's perfect so let, let's start at the beginning then because uh like any other fan of music or musician i've always dreamt about what it would be like to own a record store you mm -hmm. know you see high fidelity or something you're like sure that's the dream right so when did you guys open and how did you start it well if you want to get to the real beginning it would be in milwaukee wisconsin oh okay and that's where i first opened sonic boom around 1996 um and ran it relatively unsuccessfully there for about three and a half four years i guess it was um very very small store that in that incarnation was all used right. um cds and lps no dvds um and uh yeah you know i i grew up in minneapolis worked at a record store in minneapolis uh went to university dropped out of university went back to working at a record store right and eventually decided, well, I want to do this for myself. I could give it a go. Um, this actually sounds like the plot of <laughs> Okay, yeah, kind of. Uh, and uh, along with a bunch of failed relationships, too. So it's a, <laughs> the whole works, indeed. Nice. Um, yeah, and so I opened it up in Milwaukee. It was a very small store, about uh, 1,500 square feet. And, uh, yeah, it just, it, it never really took off. It just barely, barely paid bills, uh, mm -hmm. hardly paid myself. Um, I don't think that Milwaukee was the right fit for it. And I don't think that I had learned enough lessons on small business. So I'm certainly to blame and I'm not going to blame the city of Milwaukee on that. Well, well, then how did you come to be in Toronto of all places? Yeah. Well then, then, so I closed it after four years and moved back to Minneapolis and started working back at the record store that I had worked at yeah. for the previous six years or so. Um, and at that stage, um, started talking with the owner of the record store there and, uh, he was interested in doing a partnership and opening up in another market. Mm -hmm. So I just started looking around North America for another market. And this was coming up to 2000. I opened in 2001 and it was Napster was the rage and downloading for free yeah. was just skyrocketing and it seemed that the writing on the wall for the death of the retail record store was there and record stores just did they they, they died in droves right um and uh so i knew if i was going to or i felt if i was going to be able to make a go at it i would need to open in a very large market so that when that market share and that pie was shrinking at least it was a big pie to take a chunk from right yeah yeah and that would give me about six years and i figured i would open it up have a fun time for six years hopefully make a little money along yeah. the way and start thinking of an exit plan and thinking of what to do next and i, I guess toronto wasn't saturated as saturated as some other cities that you were considering i didn't think it was uh, for the for the size of the city there really wasn't anybody doing what i wanted to do there was sam the record man who was a large all-new record store yep 
Um, as well, there was Sunrise and the Sunrise flagship store, as well as at that time there was still um, who were the big guys? It's escaping me right HMV? now. No, well the, the, then there was a large HMV down there. Yeah, that's right. Um, but those were all all new, yeah. and there was tiny used record stores. Right. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, and they all had their niche market and that kind of thing. But there was nobody that was doing a 13,000 square foot, all genres of music, yeah. new and used. And it doesn't sound like, oh, well, what's so special about that? But I had seen what my partner in Minneapolis did, and he was quite successful. And there wasn't anybody doing anything like that here. Yeah, for me, it, it just kind of seemed like, and, and maybe it has something to do with the size, but when it came to finding used things that you wouldn't be able to find anywhere else, it seemed like everyone was bringing them to you guys. Yes. So that brought the people in to say like hey there's rare stuff here you know like i used to be obsessed with like trauma films and mm -hmm. all that sort of thing and i always yeah. knew that i could i could go into sonic boom and, and find that stuff so yeah you've kind of been around you mentioned the um i'm gonna say in air quotes death of the retail record store you've For been sure. around since way before that and then way after well That's right. i don't know after but um how was that kind of Working at a record store and seeing the rise of the MP3, what did that, uh, like, were you guys afraid? Uh, afraid might be the right term. I'm yeah. not going to say that afraid wasn't the right term and act like it. No, there was always this cloud over our head. Like I said, even yeah. before I opened it up, I was like, okay, I'm going to have a six-year run at this if I'm lucky. Um, and then every year, it was constantly thinking, when's it going to happen? When are sales going to start to collapse? But every year, sales went up for us. Yeah. We never, even to this day, have had a down year in gross sales. So you, you didn't really ever have a, uh, a thought of like, yeah, I know HMV at a point was like, maybe we should switch to like toys and games and, and you know videos or what things that aren't music because mm -hmm. uh, the music industry might be might be dying but it seems like you guys never went that went that route um i wouldn't say that we did but not as hard like you know you did see especially hmv really really go away from it and go to dvds and games you know yeah. it, it was hard to find a record in there for a while right, yeah. um and became i think very confusing for their customers um but as more and more places went out of business and they did you know like 80 plus maybe even 90 percent of record retailers in north america went out of business yeah. and the same thing happened in toronto but the consumer was still there. It was dying, but not as slow or not as fast as the retailers were going out of business. Right. So a, a store would go out of business. We would just pick up their customers. Yeah, I guess you outlasted, really. And, and outlast them. And don't get me wrong. I, I wasn't happy. Every time a store went out of business, a record store went out of business, I was not happy. And a lot of people would come in and customers that I, I think don't really understand business. And, oh, that's great. These guys went out of business. These guys went out of business. You must be happy. I'm like, no, I'm not. Because yeah. that's an indication that the whole industry is not right. doing it's well things to come yeah. exactly a sign of things to come and i like it when i am surrounded i went into the annex and chose that location for several reasons one being that there was five record stores within the three block radius right. um and then they, they all went out of business a few have reopened but they all went out of business and i was not happy because i would see their customers i would see my customers have their bags yeah. Their shopping bags, you know, in my store, and I'd see my shopping bags in their store, you know, being a record junkie that I am, whenever I go to a record, uh, go to a city, 
the first thing I would do is look and see where the record stores are, and if there's an area that has yeah, more than cluster, one, right. yeah. that's where I'm going to go. Of course, so you, can, you can just hit them all and see if you can find. You got it. What, what you're looking for, yeah. yeah for sure. I'm exactly I'm exactly that same way. Yeah. So it must be nice then to kind of be around for this the resurgence of the. I don't want to say the recording industry, but at least vinyl is taking a huge front seat to all of these things. You read articles about how, you know, vinyl outsold digital in the UK or something mm-hmm. last year, which is which is seems crazy. Yeah. But it, it, it seems like uh, record stores are on the upswing again. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, you can see it here in Toronto as well. There's new stores popping up all the time, as well as you can see it in our gross sales, which, you know, new vinyl it's just phenomenal the last three years new vinyl has increased by about 30 percent over the previous year right you know massive amounts to the point that we can't get it in fast enough often with a lot of these titles yeah yeah and well, there's a huge problem in the industry speaking of getting it in you guys and I, I don't know if i've seen this any other places but you guys sell a lot of mondo releases which is yeah. uh I mean, phenomenal. Uh, if you guys are listening and you are not, uh, you know, record junkies, mm-hmm. Mondo makes vinyls with like, crazy artwork and yeah. amazing uh, special edition stuff. And why is it that, I mean, I this may, might be a silly question, but why is it that you guys get Mondo releases and it seems like none of the other record stores in the city? Uh, that I don't know. Anybody. I mean, we, we, we try and carry every genre definitely going to labels like that going to labels like light in the attic Mm -hmm. you know uh these people that are doing amazing jobs of finding cool old records and repressing them with beautiful packaging limited edition stuff or just seeking out new artists and doing the same thing um you guys still online by the way no we do not uh, I I have been a die hard brick and mortar store advocate yeah yeah i and the the store has done very well and the more me and my staff have put our efforts into the physical store it's reaped benefits and it's more fun that way anyway it's, well, it's, to me it is yeah. it's it's way more fun you gotta find you gotta hunt through you gotta find what you're looking for it, it, it's all part of the, the love for analog and and the love for vinyl i mean you can certainly buy it online but the hunt is really a lot it's of almost fun. like cheating <laughs> it is yeah definitely is you know i mean i i've gone to discogs and bought a few things here and there a few things on ebay but it it is it's it takes the thrill of the hunt out and that's yeah. the, the the best part of it is just digging through the crates and finding stuff that you didn't intend to find anyways even if you'd never find what you're looking for oh absolutely i mean i was just looking through some stuff uh before we started this whole thing and the two records that I picked up out of out of the boxes there were not records that I came here intending to buy, but I was like, oh, I remember that record. I got to pick the that idea. one up. That's the idea. Yep. And that's the, the whole idea of our recent arrival section, for sure, is to drive people in there and start flipping through yeah. and seeing stuff that they never intended to. It, it, it's There are some websites that are built with that in mind to try and direct you towards things and you spend a little time and then you'll start reading and picking things up that you didn't intend to. Yeah. But a lot of times when you go online, you have something in mind, you go to it, you buy it and you're out. Whereas, you know, the thrill of the hunt is when you find things and you walk out spending more money than you intended to. Well, okay. So I'm probably not as hip as I should be. And maybe you can answer this question for me, but what's the deal with the rise of the cassette tape? It seems like cassette tapes are 
yeah sort of making a comeback. yeah they are um i'll preface that that i am far from as hip as i should be <laughs> being a record store owner um and me and my staff i think are kind of a collection of misfits rather than hipsters and nice. uh, i kind of like that yeah. um oh yeah you know there there's a bit of a rise in the cassette tape it's it's all the analog the love of the analog some of these people uh, i'm sure you realize are buying a cassette and they don't even have a cassette player you know yeah um and we have a hard time uh you know currently we do not carry a cassette player uh we have in the past but they're hard to find at a reasonable price point really um yeah oh, yeah because they're, they're just yeah. not making them so you could get a, a, a higher end a high fidelity one mm -hmm. but even just the little old portable ones for a couple of years we carried one that was about a 25 30 dollar price point yeah uh and it was great you know and, and we sold the heck out of them and they eventually discontinued it um but so some of these people are buying them they don't even have a player but it's collectible it's you know it's physical yep. it's the ritual they come with an mp3 download code so you get that right, right. you know so i it, it's a blast you know yeah I, I mean i can understand that it wasn't i just recently got uh i know you guys sell project stuff here right i just recently got a debut carbon but before that my record player had been broken and I was still buying vinyls at shows and stuff because I was like, if I don't get it now, I might not get it ever. For sure. So I can understand the need to collect things without being able to actually listen to them yeah. or at least waiting to find the, the tool to listen to them. Exactly. With. So you guys have been in Toronto for a long time and it seems like, like the record industry actually, Toronto's kind of on a bit of an upswing of its own. It's uh, kind of hit the world news a little bit harder thanks to... I would say guys like, you know, Drake or the Raptors doing well or whatever it is. It seems like Toronto seems to be, uh, you know, making a bit more noise. Do you yeah. do you notice a big change since when you started? Uh yeah, I think so. Uh, and I, I would agree as well. I think Toronto has a bit slightly higher profile on the North American map and a little bit on the world map. I, I wish that the city would spend even more money on... Uh, on tourism, you know, when I'm right. in the States, uh, which I am a lot, I don't see a lot of commercials for for Toronto. And yeah. I'll see something for Boise, Idaho, and there's <laughs> nothing for Toronto. Um, so I'm not sure where the budget is. So that's an uneducated opinion on it. But right, I, right. I wish they would uh, promote the city because I think it's an amazing city. It's part of the reason that I moved and opened the store here. Yeah. It, it, it felt like business-wise it was a good fit. And I also just was so drawn to the multiculturalism of the city. Um, I, I think it's, there's very few cities in the world that compare as far as its diversity. Absolutely. And, and I, I wish that we would promote that. And especially in this day and age with f the, the fear-mongering for good or for bad of terrorism and, and people not wanting to travel outside of North America, I think it's a good way for a lot of people in the U.S. to get a taste of a multicultural city and... and extremely safe i mean we we hear about the crime in the city but when you compare it yeah. uh, per capita it's insane how safe the city is you and know? Re relatively low segregation i mean mm -hmm. there are you know there's like chinatown and what have you but it seems like everyone's living everywhere it's not so much like people are keeping to their own corners or anything like that totally agree yeah uh, so uh, you kind of offhanded mentioned uh, uh, mentioned a commercial in toronto if you were to make a commercial about toronto what would you put in it uh, what are your favorite spots? 
Well, I, I would have a tagline as cheesy as it sounds for one, and I've even thought about this before. Oh, here we go. Uh, yeah, yeah, which would be Toronto, the whole world in your hand. Oh, I like that. And kind of a take on you got the whole world in your hand yeah, type yeah. thing. I think it's very cheesy, but I think it would stick in people's minds. Uh, what would I put in the commercial as far as locations and yeah. that kind of stuff? I mean, aside from Sonic Boom, obviously. Of course. Um, I think that's a hard question because, the you know, the funny thing is what I don't care for in Toronto is that I don't think, and this is a personal opinion, that it's that beautiful of a city. That's somewhat part of the charm. Yeah. But, you know, compared to some of the great cities around the world, I think the architecture is abysmal and driving around a lot of these streets. It's a hodgepodge of crumbling buildings that were not that were poorly built in the first place. Yeah, the, the charm and the beauty of the city isn't exactly a visual no. thing. No, yeah. I don't think it is at all. I think it's with the restaurants, with the retail, with the people, with the music scene and all that right. kind of stuff, and, and, and with the sports teams, you know. Um, so, I, you know, I think it... I'd have to think about that well, a bit. Certainly Kensington Market would be great. Yeah. And, you know, there's very few cities that still have an enclave like Kensington. Um, so I think that should be highlighted. I, I don't know. I'd have well, to think on that. What are your favorite spots around the city then, uh, you know, visuals aside? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I just mentioned Kensington is great to kill an afternoon there well, in the course. summer for sure. Um, the, the islands are a blast, you know, very unique to be able to be in such a big city and pop on a ferry, uh, you know, take your bike over there and have the skyline yeah. and be buzzing around there. Um, as well as down in Cherry Beach and, and, and that kind of stuff. Um, I think a neighborhood that is really, really cool is Leslieville, and that has just dramatically yep. changed over the last 10 years and really enjoying that very much. Absolutely. Um, and then a little bit of a lack of record stores on that end of the city, though. There is. The tiny record shop is there, and that's yep. pretty cool. Um, yeah, but there is a lack of record shops, and I've talked to a few people about that as well. For now. <laughs> that's right. Um but I will shamefully plug another business of mine, and I think another interesting area is... Oh, please do. Yeah, Geary Avenue. I don't know if you're familiar with Geary, um, but Lansdowne and Bloor... Okay. Uh, or, well, more specifically, Dufferin and DuPont, up by where the Galleria Mall is, yeah. um, is an industrial street just north of there uh, that's on the north side of the train tracks, and the rehearsal factory... That's why I know it, yeah. Okay, is up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which the rehearsal factory times. for people is one of the largest rehearsal spaces for bands. It's it's massive complex, so, you know, two out of three bands practically have a rehearsal space up there. Yeah, you can it, rent them by the hour or rent them monthly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and it's a very industrial, commercial, kind of gross street along there right. um, that is starting to see a few things pop up. And uh, me and a couple of friends of mine just opened a bar there about six months ago. Oh, cool. What's it called? Uh, it's called The Greater Good. The Greater Good. That's right. Um, and so, you know, there's some gallerias, some coffee shops. But, you know, it's the kind of place that you walk down the street. If you've heard of, if you're going up to, say, our bar, you, you'd think, oh, I must be in the right, or in the wrong place, right. you know. <laughs> right. uh, there's just a bunch of auto body shops and, yeah. and, and wholesale fish, you know, But I think mongers. I, I'm a strong believer in, uh, you know, the artists kind of start, and then from there, mm -hmm. it'll grow. For sure. So, and, and because of the rehearsal factory and there's a lot of people around, I'm sure that uh, the bar will have no shortage of people looking for for drinks. Yeah. And I mean, once upon a time, Queen West was uh, very much the same way. I mean, a little bit less industrial, but not exactly a desirable place to be. It was all... Definitely. Um, 
you know, a little bit of a sketchy neighborhood and then all the artists move in. It was a cool place to be. And then yeah. it became, you know, what it what is. What it is, yeah. Winners and Loblaws and <laughs> whatever. <laughs> that's right. But, um, yeah, so I think that that's probably a perfect spot for you guys to. Uh, yeah, it has been so far. far. It's been yeah. a lot of fun up there. Well, that's awesome. Um, I think I would be remiss if I didn't ask you what are some of the highlights in your record collection? Because, I mean, y- mm-hmm. you have pretty much everything at your fingertips. So what you choose to bring home with you yeah. has to be uh, uh, pretty special. Yeah. I mean, my, my record collection is kind of a rotating cast because I have all the records here to choose from. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, you know, every day find a few things to take home. And at home, I'll find a few things that I've listened to for a while and take back. And it's a, an incredible position oh, to be man. in. Yeah, yeah, that is incredible. That's like... Uh, you know, for, for the modern generation, that's like having your own physical Apple or Google Music. Mm-hmm. You can just kind of yeah. swap in and out as you see, please. It's, as it's, you please. It's outrageous. Uh, yeah, some favorites. Uh, I'm, a, I'm old-ish. So Pink Floyd, uh, yeah. a huge Pink Floyd fan, early Pink Floyd. Oh, that has um, nothing to do with being old, though. I think it's true. People, you know, oh, yeah. 16-year-olds are still We're still selling the heck out of it. Um, I have a 7-inch single for C. Emily Play. And it's the second pressing of it. And when it first came out, it must have been in beginning of 67. Um, they released it in North America and it was a flop. Um, nobody knew quite what to make of it. It was on the, the upswing of psychedelic music. Mm-hmm. And, and even for psychedelic music, I think it really kind of freaked people out. Right. Um, and so it got no attention and it was a complete flop. Um, and then... You know, the Beatles released Sgt. Peppers and things start to take off. And so they re-released it like six months later. And so it's there, there's no picture to the sleeve, but it says, you know, it, it just explains basically what I just said, that they released it six months prior and it was a complete flop. And it says now is the time to release See Emily Play. Right. And it's extremely rare, which to me makes it fun. I don't care about what it's worth. I yeah, just yeah. think that it's cool that not very many people have it in their hands. Right. So that that's a, I, I, I dig that. As well as one of my favorites, uh, and it's fun to pull out at parties because visually it's so cool and it's part of the charm of records, yeah. is the soundtrack to a, a 70s uh, sci-fi movie called Andromeda Strain. Okay. And yeah, yeah. it has this beautiful metallic silver cover and the the album itself is octagon shaped um and and then it has an iris if you can imagine that folds out and exposes this octagon pressed vinyl and the album music is done by a, a pioneer in electronic music called Gil Mel and he went on to do he invented a lot of electronic instruments and did a lot of the sci-fi movies at the time um it just seems like an expensive release i mean to put out big time especially with the fact that it actually was never commercially released so oh. they just sent this out to radio stations to promote the film wow. and it never saw a commercial release uh, so again, something that's pretty cool and unusual yeah. and the music is outstanding. And if you've ever seen the movie, uh, and were freaked out by it, you, and then you listen to the soundtrack, you'd realize that the soundtrack is a big part of why it was so emotionally disturbing. Well, okay. So that brings up an interesting question to me because 
I noticed that soundtracks seem to be on an upswing mm-hmm. too. You look at things like pretty much all the Mondo releases, uh, Deadpool, or sorry, Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil, um, Jessica Jones, all that stuff. Stranger Things one mm-hmm. and two, mm-hmm. uh, Guardians of the Galaxy seem to be on the top of a lot of people's want lists. What? Why do you think it is that uh, you know these almost like curated uh, playlists are yeah so popular? Yeah, um, I mean we saw that in the mid '80s when soundtracks kind of started to come into their own as far as mass consumption. Right. Uh, you know, soundtracks have always been out there going back, you know, since the beginning of film. Well, people love Carpenter, that's for sure. Uh, definitely. But they weren't they weren't commercial successes as far as uh, as far as the album releases of that stuff. Yeah. They're very collectible today because there were so few of them out there back right, in the right. day. Um, and then the 80s came along and there was they they started incorporating a lot more pop music rather than just orchest- orchestral scores mm-hmm. and that kind of thing um and really became soundtracks started to see a heyday and yeah you know with the resurgence of vinyl i think we're kind of seeing a resurgence of soundtracks and that soundtracks that are both uh original scores for it that are right. done very very well you look at something like sicario uh, is an incredible, yeah. incredible score, and to me, it made the movie. Uh, so people are coming in to find something like that, as I well love as Interstellar as well. In, in, in Interstellar is incredible, and the soundtrack and the incidental music to that is just outrageous. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, the, the curated playlist, and, and that I think a lot of these people with Stranger Things and stuff like that are going back and you know remembering the time and digging out great well, stuff. I, I think it's interesting that you say that. Uh, <clears throat> You know, soundtracks took a turn in the 80s because it sounds like a lot of the most popular soundtracks today, you look at something like Drive or Stranger Things or whatever, mm-hmm. is almost like straight out of the 80s. Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, I yeah, guess, there's I guess we're going through that there. cycle, you know, yeah. we always go through the various cycles and, uh, you know, I, 80s seems to be it. I, I guess the, the age of a lot of these directors and stuff are... are rediscovering the 80s and i think that's when they were younger that i don't think they were 17 18 during that i think they were six and seven and having the fondness of it right paying homage to the stuff that they grew up with well um is there anything else that you want to let the people know before we we get going i don't want to take up too much more of your time uh, I don't. I think we've covered just about everything. Um, you know, uh, the the in stores that we've done. Just to harken back to that, to a second, have been great, and we've had some amazing things with Dinosaur Junior, the Ravenettes, and all, all that. Just yeah. some awesome artists that have come in and done some some great in stores, and 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 that the, the reason to do that. A lot of people thought was that oh well, you guys must do a lot of business when you have an in store, and we. We really don't and we never really saw much of a bump and that was never the intention right. the intention is just to make the record store a a center for meeting people to seeing music as well as buying it to you know making the record store entertainment in itself yeah and, and again going back to why i think that there is still a place for the physical brick and mortar record store is that it's a good place to to be entertaining you know it's not just that vinyl is is 
tactile and fun to look at. It's also that you can go in with a friend and spend an hour in there, and that's part of the evening's entertainment, and do yeah. it before or after dinner or before or after a movie, and that's just kind of part of what you do for fun is shopping. You know, you can click on a mouse and order that record and have it de de delivered directly to your door, but the fun is also like we talked about the thrill of the hunt hanging out with your friends right. seeing something you didn't expect absolutely well. and then when you get home and you put it on i feel like t people tend to listen to an album front Closer. to back as opposed to just you know s one song at a time or on shuffle yep when you're you know. engaged with it like the ritual of vinyl you become it forces you to become more connected with the music itself and mm -hmm. when you're hanging out with your friends as well i totally agree with that and think that's a huge part about it well, if anyone out there hasn't already checked out Sonic Boom, check it out. It's uh, roughly Queen and Spadina, just north of Queen. Um, it is a fantastic record store. They've won so many awards that they're just stacking them up in the office now. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at uh, <laughs> Now's Best of Toronto 2013. Um, and let's just leave you. What was the name of that bar again? Oh, The Greater Good. The Greater two, Good. Yeah, 229 Geary Avenue. Check that <laughs> out, too. Buy some records and then uh, go home, listen to them, and then come out and uh, have some drinks at The Greater Good. Well, thanks for uh, sitting down and chatting with me. You bet. Thank you very much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. Is that something listening this far and you can't already tell i am very sleepy and i apologize but i got some music that'll wake me up this music comes by way of devin from the band altered by mom sent me some tunes definitely dug them here they are this song is called body feels weird is it possible i love you Possibly true I'm only asking in advance Just in case there is a chance That you love me too Is it possible I love you? Is that something you could see? Darling, baby, you are my sunshine Of the spotless mind 